Hey, and welcome to the Employment Law Show. Skulls here along with Lior Samfiru, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out anytime during the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Lots to... Uh to get through today, brother, including shattering severance myths. That is on the way very shortly, but a couple of weeks that was. What's going on in your court? Shattering. Uh, shattering. Obliterating. That's them. right. There will be no more myths after we're, we're done with them. None in the world, anywhere. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> uh, uh, great to be back, uh, Johnny, and uh, talking about employment law and uh, uh, you know, advising, informing, and hopefully educating as many people as possible mm-hmm. about important things, things that you need to know about. This is the Employment Law Show, and that's what we're all about, and uh, always have uh, happy when people listen to the show and tell me, hey, I learned something new or I felt better about my workplace situation. That's that's really why we're here. So stay tuned. And of course, if you want to reach out to me after the show at any time to talk about your situation, to discuss your problems, not a problem, we'll give you my contact information. You can call me. You can email me. Uh, no bad questions. I'm always happy to talk and answer. Uh, week there was, though, a couple of situations that came across my desk uh, very recently. Uh, I spoke with a lady just a few days ago. Uh, she had uh, worked for a, a fairly large employer, an employer that that kind of should know its uh, its stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately for her, she was being uh, harassed, actually sexually harassed by a coworker. He would use very inappropriate language. He would touch her inappropriately. He'd make a point to uh, to hug her while touching areas he shouldn't be hugging. Wow. Uh, very, very nasty and inappropriate stuff. Well, she did the right thing. and uh, Well, the right thing would have been to, to punch him in the face. But beyond that, <laughs> uh, don't punch people in the face. No. But beyond that, she, she spoke with HR, sent them an email, even told them, you know, please uh, deal with this. This is inappropriate and making me feel very uncomfortable. Well, HR's response was to say, well, we've just now implemented policies. Here's our written policies about uh, workplace harassment and behavior. And, and, you know, thank you for bringing this matter to our attention. So presumably they've put in place policies. By the way, they should have had policies all along, but whatever. Well, guess what? That didn't do anything. Nothing changed for this person. As far as uh, she knew, no one even talked to this, uh, this particular guy. And things continued, and, and she got to the point where it was impacting her health. She didn't want to go to work. She was stressed out, not sleeping. She called me, and she wanted to know, what do I do here? Well, John, this is obviously sexual harassment, and her employer is under a legal obligation to protect her. Not to just write something on a piece of paper, to actually protect her, to make this stop, to get rid of this guy, to deal with him so that she doesn't have to. Uh, and by their failure to do that, Number one, it's a human rights violation, but it's also a constructive dismissal. By putting her in this position, by not protecting her, it's as if they let her go. It's as if they've terminated her employment. And uh, she can leave and she can pursue uh, severance, she can pursue human rights damages, and it's only because the company didn't do anything. Now, it's not their fault necessarily that she's being harassed. It's their fault for knowing about it and not doing anything about it. So if your employer won't uh, protect you from harassment, it doesn't have to be sexual harassment. It could be non-sexual harassment. But if your employer doesn't protect you, doesn't uh, make the problem go away, you have recourse. It's a legal obligation that they do that. If you're ever in that situation, you want to reach out to me right away. You bet. one 821 5900 is the number. What else you got going on? Uh, well, Johnny, uh, I uh, uh, was talking to another gentleman here who found himself in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. He 
was uh, uh, working for many years at a, at a big company, doing quite well, and he applied for a job with another company. He saw a good opportunity. Well, during the job interview process, they made him all kinds of uh, promises, and they, and they said all kinds of things about the, the new company that, that, that he was going to work for. How, how successful they are, how many new projects they have in the pipeline, uh, you know, all the, the growth opportunities. And ultimately, he decided, you know what, yeah, it's great. This is the perfect opportunity. He, he uh, was offered a job. He took the job, quit the job that he had, and started right. working. Well, once he started working, he realized that a lot of what he was told was complete nonsense. It was lies. It was false. The company was not doing well. There was not a lot of things in the pipeline. This is a company that was struggling. This was a company that needed to be saved. This is a company probably on its last legs. And had he known any of this, had he had this information, had he not been lied to, he would have never left the company that he was working with. Never. He was happy there, etc. So even though he is the one that applied there, he only took the job because of what they told him. We call this a misrepresentation. Because they misrepresented the job, and because of this misrepresentation, he lost something. He lost the other job. He's now in a dead-end position. He can potentially take legal action against them for this misrepresentation to, to recoup the losses, to recoup the loss of the good job that he had. So I wanted to bring this up here to remind you that if you're accepting a job based on promises, and those promises turn out to be false, you may have recourse. You may have legal uh, uh, recourse you can take here. It's important, very, very important. If you if you have any promises made to you, get those in writing. Yeah. Okay. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So if someone tells you, hey, if you come work for us, this is what's going to happen, make sure that is in writing. If you have it in writing, you can pursue it. It's enforceable. It has contractual weight. Uh, and if those promises are broken, there could be uh, significant consequences. You know, for the last several years here, we've been talking about and very proud of the severance pay calculator, which uh, over 750,000 people have uh, used this online. Very simple to use. But uh, as always, uh, with the things that you guys do in the firm, always improving. Now, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Before we break, tell us all about this. This is really cool. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. Uh, it's a tool that a new tool that's been created uh, by my firm. Now we've heard of the Severance Pay Calculator, uh, SeverancePayCalculator.com, that allows anyone to find out how much severance they're owed. But we get questions about a lot of things: about overtime, about harassment, about whether or not someone is an employee or an independent contractor. And I wanted to help people get answers quickly and uh, and automatically. And that's what a pocket employment lawyer does. It allows people to find out. Uh, about their legal entitlements that allows people to uh, determine what they're owed. So uh, what, what does the pocket employment lawyer do? Well, it, uh, it, it does many things. It can help you determine if you're an employee or an independent contractor. It can help you determine if you're a victim of workplace harassment, if you've been constructively dismissed, if you're, if you're owed overtime, if you're owed uh, a disability payment. A number of things. So it's essentially your employment lawyer in your pocket. You can use it on your smartphone, on your tablet, on your desktop. You go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's easy to use. It's anonymous. It doesn't take long. It takes a couple of minutes tops. You answer a few questions anonymously. You get the answer there. So if you're wondering, hey, can my employer do this? Is this a constructive dismissal? Well, you can always call me. But you can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca right now. It's the first tool in the world like that. I'm very proud of it. Check it out. Any questions, you can contact me directly from there if you'd like. 
pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's really cool, man. Things keep evolving and for the better, for sure. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Check it out now. We'll be going to a break. The phone line as well to get a hold of Lior and the team, one 855 821-5900. Shattering severance myths. That is coming up and some of your emails as well right here on the Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. Reach out anytime. Employment Law Show. Employment Law Show is what we do here. one 821 5900 is the number. Would uh, would love to hear from you. All right. Shattering some severance myths. There is a long list, but you got a, a reasonably short list. We want to get through the important ones, right? Yeah, and, and you know, Severance Smiths is really the idea of the reason why we started this show all these years ago because I saw so many false things that people believed, and because they believed these false things, they lost out on tens of thousands of dollars each that they were legally owed. So we want to bust some of these myths right now and, and tell people the way things really are. So you may believe things that are not true. Well, you won't believe those for long because we're going to set the record straight right now. And this first one, a good way to, uh, to kick it off, widely believed, actually. And even though we've been doing this show for seven years, people still believe this. And that is when you're fired, you only receive, you know, one or two weeks for every year of service. <laughs> yeah, and that is kind of the, 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 the holy grail of myths And when yeah. it comes to severance. That's the big one that people believe. I, let, I was like, oh, I get a week per year of service. Or maybe people believe I get two weeks per year of service. Well, guess what? One week wrong, two weeks wrong. It is false. It is wrong. It's not true. There is no standard of a week or two weeks per mm-hmm. year. Your entitlements are based on a number of factors, your age, your position, the length of your employment, potentially a couple other things as well. But and in most cases, it's a lot more than a week or two weeks per year. Let me give you an example. It's quite common that someone that's worked for two years and they're let go, and you, know, you may think, okay, they get two weeks. No, they could get easily six months pay, yeah. eight months pay. So it's based on those factors. It's not a week per year or two weeks per year. It's, it's something people believe because uh, there's – Ministry of Labor information that provides the wrong information, don't believe that. That is false. You're owed much, much more than that. Go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well to, to determine your rights. Call me. Do something. Don't believe that it's a week per year of service. It's wrong. It's false. You're owed much more. And to, I mean, that first point's really a good one to keep in mind as we head shortly into the fall season. That uh, you know, end of the fiscal for a lot of companies, and there's going to be there's going to be people let go. I mean, recently we had um, Bombardier with half the workforce in Thunder Bay. Now they're uh, they're a, a a union, a union shop, but it just goes to show that this time of year you can be facing a lot of that, right? Yeah, you know, as we're slowly but surely coming up on the uh, the end of the year here, a lot of companies are going to make changes for the yeah. new year, uh, and they're going to be, uh, you know, determining their workforce needs. And people are going to find themselves, even though they've done nothing wrong, they're going to find themselves out of a job. Not much that you can do about that, but there is definitely something you can do to ensure that you get what you're owed, and it starts by understanding that you're owed much more than a week or two weeks per year of service. We are shattering those severance myths. Next one on our list is this. Only large companies have to pay severance. That goes in hand in hand with the one week or two weeks per year. A lot of people believe that. No, no. Only big companies pay severance. Company, companies with a certain size payroll. Right. So let's bust that myth right now. False. You're owed severance if you lost your job. Can I be any clearer than that? I don't think so. If you lost your job, you're owed severance does not matter whether you work for a huge, massive conglomerate or you work for a tiny little uh, corner store that has two employees. Either way, you are owed severance based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So you lost your job, you're owed severance. 
severancepaycalculator.com works just as well. Check it out and uh, don't believe anything else. Where does that myth come from? Why do people think it's only large companies? Well, your minimum entitlements may depend on the size of the company, okay. uh, but your full entitlements, we call those also your common law entitlements, have nothing to do with the size of the company. So if you go online, let's say, and, and do some research, or you even go on the Ministry of Labor website, you'll find out about your minimum entitlements, and you'll see, oh, wait a second, only certain companies have those obligations. No, that is false. That only tells you a tiny little part of the story. Your full entitlements are irrelevant to the size of the company. That's where that misconception comes from. But now if you're listening to us, you know better. So you're owed severance if you lost your job. Full stop. one 821 5900 is the number to reach out. Shattering severance miss. Next one on our list is this. Your employer says you've been fired for cause. So you know what? You're not owed any severance. Out you go. Out you go. Uh, you know, I did something wrong. Company says they have cause to let me go. No. Well, I guess that's the case and I'm not owed severance. Uh-uh. Not so fast, not even close to being fast. No, that is not the case at all. It is very, very difficult to terminate someone for cause, i.e. without severance. And it's not enough for the company to want to do that, and it's not enough if you've done something wrong. The fact that you did something wrong does not mean you can be let go for cause. Just like if you did something wrong does not mean you can be thrown in jail. It has to be something pretty darn bad for you to be thrown in jail, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the same thing with the termination for cause. It has to be pretty bad for you to be terminated for cause. And in most cases, I see this gush every day, usually several times a day, people are let go supposedly for cause with no severance when that is wrong, when they're owed severance, they're owed their full severance. So if, unless you did something bad, nasty, you stole, you hit someone, something really, really, really bad, committed fraud, unless you've done that, if you're let go, you are owed your severance. Call me. By the way, the other thing that the uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca can do right. is to help you determine if there's cause to let you go. Awesome. So if something happened, you've been let go for cause, uh, supposedly, probably false, but check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We are shattering the severance myths, and we have uh, compiled a list. We're chopping through it here. We'll get to more after a short break. You want to reach out again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Check that out while we go to break. And the phone call, one 821 5900 Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show continues here. one 821 5900 is the number to reach out any time. We are shattering those severance myths as we uh, work our way down the list right back at it. Being quote-unquote on contract means also that you don't get any severance. Absolutely. Another huge, huge one. And, and people believe, again, I'm on contract. Or in other words, I'm not really an employee. Right. So, you know, they decided to let me go. I don't get severance because I'm on contract. Nonsense. In most cases, when you're on contract, the law considers you to be an employee. Unless you're a plumber or an electrician with many clients going from house to house or business to business doing your thing, you are probably an employee. Therefore, you're owed severance. And it does not matter if the company considers you to be an employee or not. The law makes that determination. It doesn't matter how you pay your taxes. The law makes the determination whether you're an employee or a contractor. And in the vast majority of cases, when people are quote-unquote on contract or independent contractors, they're really employees. So if they are let go, they are owed their full severance. And you know, I know I, come, I keep coming back to this, mm -hmm. but it's important. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca can help you determine whether or not you really are an employee or an independent contractor. It takes seconds. It takes maybe 60 seconds flat to do it. 
check it out or call me if you're not sure. But generally speaking, even if you're on contract, you're owed severance if you are let go. You know, and it's interesting. We've talked about that that specific topic in length on the show before. And, you know, if you're not on contract, I mean, fine. It's like, hey, I get severance. That's good. But it could also mean that you haven't been paying the right taxes for several years. And that could get you and the employer in hot water, right? It is. It's oh. true, very true, which is why it's ideal to, to, to get it right uh, from the beginning. If you're an employee, you should be treated as an employee and taxed as an employee. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of companies would rather have independent contractor, even if they're doing it illegally, because it's cheaper. Uh, and, and there could be consequences for both the individual and the company. So in an ideal world, yes, if someone is an employee, they should be treated as such. But at the very least, even if you have not been treated as an employee, remember, if you're let go, if the law determines you to be an employee, you are owed severance. one 821 5900 the number to reach out. And again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Have a look at that. Uh, shattering severance myths. Now, this one we get all the time as well. I'm a short service employee, so I don't. I get very little severance because I haven't been there very long. Huge myth. And, and because of that, people that have been let go when, with short service don't bother getting advice. Don't bother going to uh, severancepaycalculator.com because they figure, nah, you know, I work, I work for six months. I work for a year. I work for two years. What am I owed? Probably nothing. They offered right. me a week's pay. That's fine. Done. No, nonsense. Not only do short service employees get severance, they often get disproportionately more severance than uh, longer service employees. So you may have an employee that worked for six months and could be owed a few months severance. You can have an employee that, that in some situations gets more months severance than they had months of employment. I know that sounds crazy, but that is the law. Don't believe me? Check out severancepaycalculator.com. But just because you work for a short period of time does not mean you don't have significant entitlements. Call me if you're at your Lego, and I'll help you get those. You know, there's some standard language that people will receive if they've uh, been let go on their on their severance letter. Uh, and one of those things you quite often see, and it's the one that makes people panic the most, is your rights will expire if you don't accept by the offer deadline at the bottom. Friday at 5, next Tuesday, a week from Wednesday, stuff like that, right? Not yeah, true. Another, and that's another huge myth. Uh, you know, if I don't sign this offer, if I don't accept it by that deadline, I'm going to lose out. I'm not going to get whatever they're offering. Well, the the reason why that's false, it's because the employer doesn't get to decide what you're owed. The law decides that. So if you're owed something, it doesn't expire next Tuesday. You have two years to pursue that. You have two years before your rights expire. Your, your employer can't say, I'm only going to pay you what I owe you if you sign this by Tuesday. It's nonsense. If they owe you, they have to pay you. That is a pressure tactic. And not only is it a pressure tactic, in 90% plus of these situations, when your employer is saying, hey, you better accept this by Tuesday, that offer that they've made you is pennies on the dollar. They actually owe you a heck of a lot more, two, three, five times that. So they're offering you less than what what they owe you, and they say you have to accept this by Tuesday. Nonsense. Ridiculous. Don't worry about that deadline. Your legal rights don't expire on that deadline. You have two years to pursue those rights. Make sure you get advice to get to know what you're owed, to get what you're owed. That's why you call me. That's why you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. Now you know better. And we'll get to our last one before we break here, shattering severance myths. And this is the one that deters people the most often because they talk to friends or family members. They think, oh, man, it's too difficult to fight for my severance. I'm just going to accept what they offer me or I'm going to walk away. 
Absolutely, a huge myth. People would often avoid getting advice because they think, well, you know, what's the point? I don't want to get involved in a long legal process. I don't want this to take forever and cost me a lot of money. That is a myth. That is false. The process of getting severance is not complicated. It's not long. It's not expensive. Okay. In many cases, maybe most cases, the matter can resolve within a couple of weeks often. We send a letter, we engage the company in a negotiation, we resolve it, and we move on. So please don't be afraid of the process. It's straightforward, and it's something that's not going to linger. You're not going to have to go to court. Uh, call me, and I'm happy to explain that to you in more detail. Take a break. Get to some emails as soon as we come back, and then we'll move on to No, Your Employer is Not Allowed to, dot, dot, dot. We'll cover a bunch of those topics as well. You want to reach out, one 821 Check out severancepaycalculator.com or newly minted pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Lots more of the Employment Law Show is on the way. Global News Radio. Employment Law Show, one 821 5900 We will get into the things your employment is not allowed to do, a list of those. First, Don uh, steps up with an email and says, I work in software sales and get paid commissions. For the next fiscal year, my targets and quotas have been increased. I expect that my compensation is going to take a really big hit. What do I do? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. That's a very common one, actually, especially with people that are on commission. Uh, you know, what happens if your employer makes changes that impact your compensation. So the general rule is no, your employer cannot do that. Your employer cannot change the, the, the goal line uh, to make it so that now you're, you're uh, making less money. Uh, it's the same as giving you a pay cut. And bef- if before you had to do X amount of business to earn income, now you have to do X times two. Well, no, that is a change. That is something that could lead to a constructive dismissal. Your employer cannot do that. Now, the, the thing I want you to keep in mind, though, is this. Did it happen before? If your employer has a history of doing that, uh, you know, they change the commission structure every year or the, the targets every year, well, then they have a right to do it because you've, you've allowed it to right. happen over time. But if it, this is the first time your employer is changing the targets, changing the structure, and because of that, you're going to make less money, you have the right now to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with your severance. Very common. I have a couple of matters on the go right now with salespeople where the company made it so that they're going to earn less income. And that is a constructive dismissal. They're owed to their full severance. They don't have to accept it. And if they did accept it, they'd give the company the right to do it again in the future, which is a very bad thing. Let's move on to this. No, your employer is not allowed to do these things. And our first one up kind of dovetails nicely into Don's email there. And the first one is change your pay, your job description, hours of work, your location, all these different things, right? They're not exactly. Allowed to do that. It, 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 your employer is not allowed to do that. And employers oftentimes have a hard time accepting that, saying, well, wait, it's my company. Right. This is my job that I'm giving someone, why can't I do what I want with it? Well, I'm not going to get into the reasons why because, frankly, it doesn't matter. The the, the reality is you can't. It's just the way the yeah. law is. Uh, I don't make up the laws. I'm just telling you what it is. Your employer cannot make significant changes to the terms of your employment. That may mean they can't demote you. They can't just give you more responsibility. They can't, I don't know, reduce your pay. They can't relocate you. Uh, you know, they can't change your shifts. If they do that, it gives you, the employee, the right to treat that as a termination, to treat that as a constructive dismissal. So by doing that, by saying from now on your shift is going to be uh, 12 to 8 instead of 9 to 5, for example, gives you the right to say, no, I'm gone, I'm out of here, I'm not accepting that, but you, my employer, are going to have to pay me my full severance because I didn't choose to leave, you put me in this position. 
If that happens to you, if you've been constructively dismissed before you quit, before you tell your employer, that's it, I'm out of here, call me. But remember your rights. You don't have to accept that type of a change. We are talking things your employer is not allowed to do. The next one is this. This is weird, but I know what happens. Put you on probation after you've already passed the probation period. Your employer cannot do that in most cases. If you've been on probation, uh, you, you can't have that extended. The reason for that is your employer can only let you go without severance for a period of three months. And essentially, that means the probation can only be three months, and only if that's what the employment agreement says. So if your employer says, now we're going to extend it by another three months, it's meaningless. If they let you go after three months, it doesn't matter what the employment agreement says, they'd still have to pay you severance. So remember that if you're supposedly on probation and the company lets you go, you're potentially and likely owed severance, potentially your full severance. Call me if that happens. So probation across the board is not implied. You're not automatically, depending on you have a job over here or this job over there, you're not automatically on three months probation because people think that, right? Every job comes with it. Exactly. People do think that and that is wrong. There's no such thing as automatic probation. Probation has to be created by an employment agreement. So the only time you're actually on probation is if you signed an employment agreement that says, let's say for the first three months you are on probation, and during that time, we can let you go without paying you anything. If you sign that, that means you are on probation. If you did not sign that, or maybe there's not even an employment agreement, there's no implied probation, you're not on probation, you're a regular employee in the eyes of the law, on day one of your job. Let's get to one more of these things that the employer is not allowed to do before we break, and that is refuse, uh, refuse to pay you overtime if you actually work the extra hours, right? Yes, and, and a huge one. Uh, uh, employers believe that. Well, I didn't ask them to work overtime. I didn't want them to work overtime, so why do I have to pay it? Again, why? I don't know. I don't care, frankly. I can tell you that is what the law is. The law makes it very clear that if overtime is worked, and as long as it was legitimate, in other words, the person actually worked it, uh, then the company has to pay for it. That is true even if the company didn't ask for the overtime. And, John, it's even true if the company said specifically, don't work the overtime, but the employee worked that anyway, it still has to be paid. And remember, overtime for most people is paid if you work more than 44 hours a week. Anything over 44 hours, you get time and a half. That applies to both hourly and salaried employees. Even if you're on salary, same thing applies, time and a half over 44 hours a week. And yes, your employer has to pay you the overtime if you worked it, even if they didn't ask you to do it. So I'm, in a, I'm a full-time salaried employee. I'm thinking, how do I figure out what my overtime is? Very simple. You simply look at what you're earning a week, your, your weekly salary. I don't know, let's say it's $1,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you divide that by 44. That gives you an hourly rate. Time and a half, one, one and a half times that is your overtime rate, which is what you get if you work more than 44 hours a week. We are talking things that your employer is not allowed to do. We'll continue with that list after a short break and get right back into your emails. Uh, to reach out, one 821 5900 Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Yeah, this is the Employment Law Show. You want to reach out, one 821 5900 is the way. You want to check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. A ton of things you can do. Uh, with that particular address, have a look at it when you got some time. It will be uh, incredibly handy, if not now, in the future for sure. We are talking about things your employer is not allowed to do. No, they are not allowed to make up a bogus negative performance review. Performance reviews or a performance improvement plan have to be legitimate. They have to be uh, created in good faith. They have to be objective. 
So if your employer puts one forward, a, a performance improvement plan or a performance review where that's not legitimate, that makes false allegations, that's not uh, based on fact, that is not something they're allowed to do. And by being put in that position, that actually could be a constructive dismissal. My best advice always when uh, you're being uh, given a performance review that is not legitimate, that's not in good faith, that's not factual, is to say it and say so and put that in writing. You don't have to just accept. In fact, you shouldn't. You shouldn't just sign it saying, yes, I agree. No. If you don't agree, if there's information that the company should have, if there's information that the company ignored, write back to the company, say so in writing, make sure that they know the facts, Make sure you know you don't, you don't agree. You don't have to be aggressive or, or, or rude about it. But you can say, here's what you need to know. Here's why I don't agree with what you've said. By doing that, you're preserving your rights. But if you keep getting these bad performance reviews that are not legitimate or being put on performance improvement plan without good reason, you may have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. If that happens to you, by all means, reach out to me, call or email Happy to talk to you. We are talking about things your employer is not allowed to do. We get this one all the time. They're trying to avoid all kinds of things here, and that is uh, avoid legal obligations by making you an independent contractor. We talked about that before. A lot of employers believe or, or, or believe that they can save money uh, by having an independent contract. Hey, we don't have to worry about payroll. We don't have to worry about uh, withholding taxes, remitting taxes to the government. It's, it's so easy. We'll just say someone is an independent contractor. The problem with that is obvious, because if it was that easy, then everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. If it's simply, hey, I, I'm so smart, I fi- figured out a way to save money. No one else in the world has figured that out. No, nonsense. It does not work that way. If you're hiring someone to work for you regularly for you or full-time or, or uh, you know, on, uh, from your office, that person is likely an employee. It doesn't matter what you call them. It doesn't matter what you want them to be. The law makes that determination. You've misclassified them. And for employees, remember, if your employer does that to you, uh, you, you may have that. You may have recourse. You may still be owed overtime, vacation pay, uh, holiday pay, and definitely severance. Yeah. If you're not sure if you're an employer contractor, I talked about it before, call me or simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can go through that tool there and find out in your specific situation if you're an employee or an independent contractor. No, your employer is not allowed to do this. The next one up is one that people fall into all the time, and I think it's perfectly legit, and that has put you on a temporary layoff. Yes, and every single time I talk about temporary layoffs on, on the radio or on TV, I get calls immediately saying, no, what, what are you talking about? That, that's not legal? No, it's not. Your employer does not have the right to put you on a temporary layoff. Now, we're talking, of course, about non-union employees, non-union employees, and no, your employer doesn't. If your employer puts you on a layoff, that is a termination. You have the right to treat that as a termination and get your severance. You don't have to accept it. The only time your employer has the right to lay you off temporarily is if your employment agreement specifically gives them that power or if, you've, or if they've done it before and you let them get away with it. So if they call you back from this layoff and you decide to go back, that's fine. But you've given them the right to do it again and again. My advice generally with the temporary layoff, it's better to treat that as a termination, get your severance, and move on. So if you're in a layoff temporarily, supposedly, whether or not the company is or is not going to call you back, let's talk. Let's determine what's best for you 
make sure your rights are not compromised. Get the last couple here before we uh, take our final break, and that is things your employer is not allowed to do. And this one is under the files of don't mess with mama. That is do <laughs> anything to you if you are taking a maternity, paternity, or, or uh, parental leave, right? I was I was thinking about what to, to, what to say specifically, and I said, yeah, anything, yeah. okay? Your employer cannot do anything to you. If you're taking a maternity leave, a paternity leave, whether you're grandfather or mother, it does not matter. So your employer cannot let you go. Your employer cannot threaten to let you go, punish you, discipline you, uh, demote you, give you a different job, reduce your pay. None of that. And the list can continue. If your employer does anything to you other than take you back at the same job when you're ready to come back, that is a human rights violation. That's a violation of the Employment Standards Act. That is a termination, wrongful dismissal. That is a number of things. So, no, your employer cannot do that. If you're you're going to go on a leave, you can go on a leave for, for the period that you, you decide to, up to 18 months in some situations, come back to the same job with the same pay. Anything other than that, John, is illegal. And the last one we'll get to, which we think finally in the last few years, employers are starting to get a pretty good beat on, and that is ignore your complaints about harassment by a coworker or, or your boss, for that matter. I talked about this at the beginning of the show on the week that was. Employers have to take harassment complaints seriously, not because it's the right thing to do. Of course it's the right thing to do, because it's their legal obligation. So if you've complained about harassment because someone is mistreating you, your employer has to take it seriously, has to do a legitimate investigation to determine what happened, and then take measures to fix that problem. If they don't, that is illegal. That can give the employee all kinds of remedies, Remember that if you're an employer or an employer, and if your employer won't do what I just said, you have to reach out to me right away. There's all kinds of answers to your uh, solutions and questions. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. It's new. It's just getting uh, revved up, and it's a really, really handy tool. You can also check your severance there as well. If you want to, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. But PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is new and very cool. one 821 5900 is the number to reach out and get a hold of Lior and his team. We implore you to do so if you've got any questions. When we're not here on the air, uh, your emails is how we are going to wrap up the show. We'll get to Henry and... And Frank, at least over the next few minutes, we'll take a short break right here. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. Employment Law Show. To reach out, get a hold of the team, 1-855-821-5900. That is the number worth writing down and keeping with you uh, on your phone if you need it. Either that for the advice for friends and family as well. If you haven't checked it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is brand new. There's all kinds of things you can explore and learn on that particular app as well, you know, Severance Pay Calculator has over 750,000 hits and uses on it over the last, uh, I guess, five, six, seven years. And this one will be just as popular, if not more so, uh, moving forward. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, Email Henry, waiting, standing by for this. Uh, we'll get to it now. It says, my employer put me on a temporary layoff because business is slow. I don't think there's uh, any chance of being called back to work, to be honest. I think my employer... It's just hoping it doesn't have to pay me severance. What do you think and what can I do? Well, what I think is that he's likely right yeah. uh, because I've seen this happen many times. Uh, employers may think, well, wait a second. If I let Henry go, I have to pay him severance. I know that because I heard uh, Lior talk about that on the radio. But I know what to do. I'm just going to lay him off temporarily. Hey, and maybe he'll just go away and find another job and we won't have to worry about it and pay him anything. Right. Aren't I smart? <laughs> No, uh, not so smart, uh, and not so not so legal either. Why? Because as we said uh, in the previous segment, a temporary layoff is a, a termination, actually. So just by laying them off temporarily, even though you thought you were kind of circumventing the, the law or, or circumventing the system, no, you've terminated the person's employment, so you owe them severance. 
So if you've been laid off temporarily, even if the company does plan on, ca- on calling you back, not that you're necessarily going to know either way, but if, the, if you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination. Not six months from now, now. You can treat that as a termination now. Get your severance right now. Uh, and, and don't uh, believe anything else. And for employers, of course, if you want to reduce your severance obligations, the only legal way to do that is with an, an employment agreement. That's it. If you have someone sign an employment agreement, that agreement could potentially have terms limiting severance. That's the only legal way to do that. If you don't do that and you try to circumvent the system by calling someone an independent contractor, that doesn't work. By laying them off temporarily, that doesn't work. By saying, oh, we have cause to let you go when you really don't, that doesn't work either. So remember that for employees or employers, the law is the law. You can't really get around it uh, unless uh, uh, you you find uh, a way that I still haven't been able to find. It doesn't happen. I guess the only caveat or caveat to that is, A, if they've done it before, they got a history of it and you accepted it, or B, you're in the type of job where it's kind of understood that there's layoffs, right? Seasonal yes. stuff? Some, some jobs, it's an implied term. You know, yeah. if you're a roofer or a swimming pool installer, uh, some construction jobs, for example, those are seasonal jobs. You know, you're a landscaper. Uh, and in those jobs, it's assumed, it's implied that you're going to be laid off in the winter. Not too much landscaping goes on in January and February. But in most jobs, that they are not seasonal. You cannot be laid off temporarily. And as you've just said, and I've said in the previous segment, if, if this is the first time that, that this has happened, you can treat that as a termination. If you don't, and if you let it uh, happen, you give the company the right to do it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And that is a very bad way to work because essentially you're going to be off for a few months uh, every time the company wants you to. You can't really live that way. You can't really pay your bills that way. So don't let it happen the first time. We'll get to Frank's email here. Uh, finally, Frank says, I've worked for a company uh, for 10 years. Three months ago, I was put on a performance improvement plan for the first time. On Friday, I was told that my performance did not improve enough, and I was let go without any severance. Can the company do that? Well, they did do this, but can they do this? Can they do it legally, I guess, is the question. Yeah, and correct. the answer is no. They cannot do it legally. The reason for that is, well, let, let's give the company, first of all, the benefit of the doubt. Okay, Let's assume that uh, the performance is not great. The fact that the performance may not be great does not mean you can be let go for cause. Remember what I said in the beginning of the show, to be let go for cause, you have to have done something terrible, something awful. And having performance that's subpar in itself is not enough. So even if the performance is not that good, it's not going to give the company the right to let you go for cause, which means you're owed severance. But there's another issue here. If you're put on a performance improvement plan, you need to be given the right time, the right amount of time to to make the changes. The company can't say, well, we put you on a performance improvement plan last week. Nothing has changed in a week. Well, what do you want? No. They need to give you enough time to improve. They need to give you help, support, and resources to improve. They can't just say, hey, you're not doing a good job. Do better. If they do that without pr- providing proper guidance, support, and enough time, then that, that whole thing is meaningless. And, of course, you're going to be owed severance. Mm-hmm. That would be a wrongful dismissal. Bottom line, if you lost your job, you got to reach out to me, even if you were on a performance improvement plan. Yeah, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Don't hesitate. Feel free to reach out and make the call. At least get some information happening anyway. Before we uh, wrap here in a couple, in about a minute or so, uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We've talked about it, referred to it. Give me some more details because it's new, right? 
brand new pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can go there right now to find out a bunch of stuff about your legal rights, how much severance you're owed, if the company has cause to let you go, if you're really an employee or an independent contract, if you've been constructively dismissed, if you've had your human rights violated, if you're a victim of workplace harassment, and finally, if you're owed disability benefits from your company's insurance uh, company. If For all those things, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. I promise you it takes no time. It takes maybe 60 seconds on the high end to do it. Uh, and by doing that, you'll find out about your rights, your entitlements. Easy to use. Check it out right now, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We are good for another show. You want to reach out, uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Don't forget about that. And phone calls anytime, one 821 5900 till next time this has been the employment law show on global news radio